0: book of Psalm 139. We're going to be looking at the Psalm 139. Get everything situated here. All right, and we're glad you're here. Thank you so much for being with us this evening. Psalm 139 invites us to consider the relationship between what theologians speak of as the divine transcendence, the transcendence of God, and the divine immanence of God. You say, well, what the heck does that mean? Well, let me tell you. When you speak of God's transcendence, you're speaking of the fact that God exists apart from, and he is not subject to, the limitations of the material universe. God is is separate. He is not limited by this world. You cannot contain him. He is larger. He is stronger. He is greater. Some verses to show that is Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. Says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, or your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Isaiah six, one through five depicts the Lord as seated on a throne high and exalted. The angels are calling out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Psalm 113, it says who is like the lord our guide who is it that is seated high who looks down he looks far down on the heavens and the earth the transcendence of god is seen not only in his greatness and in his power and in his knowledge but it is also seen in his goodness and in his holiness and in his purity It's seen in his justice. And so when we begin to look at God, we realize that his holiness is so much greater than what we can imagine. The justness of God is so much greater than what we see in the world around us. We're reminded that there is something greater and higher than humanity. Humanity is not the greatest good, and it is not the highest measure of truth and value. The world is not determined by the shifting sands of human opinion. Value and dignity are not given from below, but they are given from above. And so the transcendence of God reminds us that he is never completely captured by our thoughts and by our concepts. Doctrines and theologies are great, and you can go and you can find book after book of systematic theologies but they could never capture who God is we could remain here all evening and we could dissect the word of God and we could gain greater understanding about God but God is so much greater that we could never begin to understand his goodness and so it means that we cannot put God in a box because God is outside of any box that we could imagine And I think that's worth saying because I believe that there are a lot of times that we put God in a box. And we believe that there are some things that God can do, but there are also some things God cannot do. We believe that God can work out a situation if it's this big, but once it gets past this big, then it's outside of God's control. But to understand the goodness, the greatness of God means that there is nothing that is outside of his control. There is no limitation that we can place upon God. His transcendence reminds us that our salvation is not our achievement, for it is something that we could never earn on our own. We would never be able to raise ourselves to the standard of God, and the truth is, it's not even close. Salvation is when God restores us to what he intended us to be, and he brings us to the level that we could never achieve on our own. So that's what we mean when we talk about the transcendence of God. On the other hand, we have the eminence of God. The eminence of God refers to the fact that God does operate within humanity. God is working in human history and in human nature. Jeremiah 23:24 it says, "Can a man hide himself in the secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not feel heaven and earth?" declares the Lord? Acts 17, verse 27, "Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. In him we live and we move and we have our being, as even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring." Job 33 says, The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. The Bible makes reference to the fact that whatever happens around us is under the sovereign control of God. The sunshine that we see today, that is from God. The rain that we have received a lot of lately, that is from God. The feeding and the protection of the birds of the air, that is from God. The clothing of the flowers, it's all credited to the Father. And so God is active in and around us today. Now here's the problem. The problem is holding the transcendence of God and the eminence of God together. It's difficult to not sacrifice one on the altar of the other. There's the belief that is pantheism. Pantheism simply means that God is found in everything. God is found everywhere you look. He's in nature. He's in just everything you look at. And pantheism comes from the eminence of God, but it leaves out the transcendence of God. And then there's the view of deism, which says there is a God, but he's so distant we could never know him. He is so far away. He is so separated from this world. We could study about him, but we could never really learn about him and know him in our life. And so you see, the transcendence of God is done through intellectualism, but the eminence of God is done through emotionalism. You think about the Pharisees and the Bible. They knew all about God, didn't they? They knew all about him. They knew all the the scriptures. They had studied well. But when God was standing in the flesh in front of them, they missed him. They totally missed him. They knew that God was out there. They knew that God was holy. They knew that God was the creator. But they they missed him in their presence. And, And I believe that if we begin to think about these different avenues, we will see that every one of us struggle with one side or the other. Well, we want to seek after God intellectually, some of us do, and some of us, it's more of an emotion. Let, let me just, in my life, the way that I lean and need to be careful with is the transcendence of God. For me, the way that I feel that I am learning more about God is through study. Study. And so I love, some of you couldn't do this, but I, I love a day when I can sit back here in my office and I can get some commentaries open and the Bible open and some church history open and I could sit there for hours and hours and hours just studying the things of God. I love it. I mean, it's just me, that is what gets me. And it's like, God, I want to know you. And so I, I study in. Today I was discussing with some guys, we were uh, talking about the sermon this morning and we were talking about the different references of hell in the Bible, the different words, what do they mean, and for some of you, you would be bored to death to begin to talk about that, but for me, I love it, I I just, I I thrive on that kind of stuff, but there's others of you, and and that's not what gets you, what gets you is just a good praise and worship song. You want to go home, and you want to put on a praise and worship song, and man, you start singing, and you start feeling the Spirit. The emotions come over you, and you start feeling the Spirit, and all of a sudden, that's what you want. I mean, it's not about a, don't give me a book, don't give me a, a systematic theology. Just give me a praise song, and let me just get down with it. And some of you, that, that's the way that you worship. That's the way that you connect with God. And the problem is these two are often in conflict with one another. Those that connect with God through emotions and through feeling his presence say, why can't everybody else be more like this? And those who are getting this deep way into these books are thinking, why can't everybody else be more like me? And you say, well, Case, which one is right? Both. It takes both. Listen, if we're only about feeling God with our emotions, then listen to me. We have no clue what it is that we worship. Did you catch that? If we are driven by our emotions and we want to get the chill bumps, but we don't have the rich theology behind it, then I've got to ask you, what is it that you're worshiping? What is it that you're singing about? What is it that gives, gives you the chill bumps? And are those chill bumps from God or are they not? And then to the ones that are more like me, man, you can study all day, but does your study lead to anything? Does your study lead to you to a life that honors God? Does your study lead you to a relationship with God? Does it lead to you knowing more and more and more and growing deeper in this relationship, or is it only head knowledge in your life? Both are dangerous. We see One way we see it is in our, our songs that we sing. Hey, there are some songs that we sing, and they, have, they just have great theology to them. The words in the songs, I mean, they are, just, they are just rich, right? And they're great, and you just, man, it's so good. And there are other songs that we sing, and they are more personal. And it's talking about us relating to God. You say, again, case which ones are right, I say both, because that is the God that we serve. He is so large that we could study all day and not even begin to crack the code. But he is so great that he desires to be known by you and to know you. And I believe that is what we see in Psalm 139. And so we're going we're gonna to just kind of walk through it. We're going to be quick tonight. But we're going to walk through it and I want to show you three things from the text. The first thing we see is the omniscience of God. The omniscience, God's God's knowledge. Look at verse 1. He says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down. And you are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in. Behind and before, and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Do you see what the Lord knows? Do you realize that one of the greatest needs that every one of us have in life is to have an intimate relationship with someone? That is the deepening. Longing within the human heart to know someone and to be known by someone. It is the passion of the soul. To have an intimate relationship with someone is this longing. And the psalm begins with the amazing image that God is the one who seeks us. God is the one who is searching and his search is relentless. God follows everywhere that we go. Whatever it is that we do, God keeps looking for us. God is watching us. God is observing us. The Bible says that God knows everything about our life, even the private moments of your life, that you would never whisper to another human being, the Bible says, God knows. God knows you. God knows when you travel, and God knows when you come home. God knows when you wake up, and God knows when you fall asleep. God knows every little detail about your life. He knows when you stand and when you sit. He knows what you're thinking, verse 2 says, even before you say it. A God that is so great that he's interested in the thoughts of our mind. Now, in some ways, that's exhilarating to know that God, God is that in tune with us, but in other ways, it's scary, isn't it? I mean, there's this one way that's like, hallelujah, praise God, awesome. And then there's another way that says, oh, no. Oh, no, God knows even before I say it. God knows my thoughts when I know I shouldn't be thinking what I'm thinking, but I'm thinking it, Uh uh-oh, God knows. There's nothing that we can hide from God. There's nothing that we can put a blinder on and say, God, you can have this part of my life. You can have this section of my life. You can have this compartment of my life, but you cannot have the other one. We cannot run to God and say, God, you can have me on Sunday morning, on Sunday night, and on Wednesday night, but leave me alone the rest of the week. God is a God that is so great that he knows every detail of our life, and nothing is off limits. Secrets are impossible when it comes to God. Your privacy means nothing when it comes to God. Not only does God watch, but verse 5 tells us that God reaches out and touches us. You ever felt that in your life? God reaches out and touches us. Personal space shrinks when God is involved. And the point is that God knows everything. But listen, it's not just that God knows everything, but God chooses to know everything about you. I want you to think in your life. Who who is someone in your life that you know so well? You know their favorite restaurant. You know their favorite food. You know their favorite color. You know what they like. You know what they don't like. You know every little detail about their life. You know who it usually is? Somebody that you love with all your heart somebody that you are interested in, somebody that you want to know the details of their life. Because you love them, you seek them. If you don't care about someone, then it does not matter what their favorite color is. If you're not just going after someone, then you could really care less what their favorite food is. When you know the details of someone's life, you know the details out of this great, overwhelming love. And The psalm says this, God looks at you. He knows every detail about your life. And the reason that he knows every detail about your life is because he loves you so much. The love of God. It's not just that he is great and that his knowledge is expansive. It's not just that there's all this that God can do. But God chooses to love and to know even you. And to pour that love upon you. Look at verse 6 again. I love what it says. It says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. The psalmist is talking about God. And he's talking about how great God is. And how rich the knowledge of God is. And then he just steps aside and he says, man, this is just too good. It is too rich. It is too good. Thinking about the character of God. I wonder if you ever feel like that in your life. As you draw closer to the Lord and you understand who he is and you just step back and you say, my goodness, this is good. The God of the universe is that involved in your life. But not only that, look at at verse 7 and we see the omnipresence of God. He says, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me and the light around me be night, even the the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. Do you see what he's saying? Okay, God, you know me, but it gets even better because where can I go to get out of your presence? Where can I go to get away from you? Where can I go to avoid the Spirit of God? He says, Nowhere. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go into the grave, you're there. If I'm going in the light, I'll find you. When I'm walking through the darkness and life gets really tough and it seems like there's no hope around me, God, I still find you there with me. Verse 5, it teaches that God is hemming us in on every side. So, listen to me. God knows you and secondly, God is always with you. I love that. I, I, because there, there's times in life and in, in, in other psalms related to this, there's times that we don't feel that way, isn't there? there? There's times and there's psalms that cry out and they say, God, where are you? God, I don't feel your presence right now. God, I'm praying and my prayers are not getting past the ceiling and it's a real struggle. God, my, my family is not healthy. There's this sickness. There's this disease. There's this financial problem. There's a relationship problem. There are these things going on in life, and it's tough. And Psalm 139 reminds us, no matter what you are going through tonight, listen to me, no matter where you find yourself tonight, God knows it, and he is right there with you. He's not up in heaven just unaware of it. He's not detached from it. It's not that God is this deistic God and he's disconnected. God knows it in his power, and not only does he know it, but he is right there with you. And so you, you've got an issue of depression. God's right there with you through it. You've got a health problem, cancer, whatever it is. God is powerful in that situation, and he is right there with you. The Bible says he is the one who sticks closer than a brother. The Bible says he will never leave us nor forsake us. The light into our path. He's the one who guides us in our direction. So God is, is with us. God knows. And not only that, but God cares. God cares. He offers his power, the omnipotence of God. Look at verse 13. It says, for you formed me in my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I'm still with you. Oh, it's so beautiful. God, God knows that God's with us. And in God's power, listen to me, he's the one who created you. This verse, is such a beautiful verse. For, for you formed me in my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you realize that God made you just how you are? Uh, We tell our kids that, but but it applies to you. Do you ever look at your life and you just feel like you're not good enough? I do. you ever just look around and say, man, I I wish I had this ability or I wish I had this talent. I wish God would have blessed me in this way or in that way or this or whatever it is you're looking at. Psalm 139 tells us that God made you just the way he wants you to be. This came up. Now, don't, don't ever tell him I'm telling you this story. Um, but Maddox came home from school on, on Friday. And Brittany called me and said, Max needs to talk to you. And I said, okay. And we got home. And so I took him in his room and told everybody else to leave, told his brother to leave. And I said, Max, what's wrong? And he said, well, Dad, I, don't, I just don't understand because my ears stick out more than anybody else at my school, uh, and he he's looking and he says, you know, Mason, he's got a twin brother, so there's all these connections to where he's looking at his twin brother, and you know, we've talked about things like his brother's taller than he is, um, and he said, my ears they don't they don't fold back on my head like most kids, but they they stick out, and it's the sweetest little face you've ever seen, got these little ears and they stick out a little bit, and uh, so I, I'm trying to talk to him and. And he says, Daddy, I, I just wish my ears were like everybody else's. And we went to the scripture. I said, baby, do you think, do you think that God messed up on you? He said, well, no, Daddy, I don't, I don't guess so. I said, Maddox, God made you just the way that you are. And he gave you so many talents and so many abilities. And he gave you these ears. And you know what? You can hear better than most folks. <laughs> I said, because your ears stick out, you can hear the sound waves better. And he laughed a little bit, but he wasn't really convinced with it. Um, and, and I said, baby, there's going to be things in life that we look at and we say, well, I wish this was different. Or I wish I was stronger or thinner or, or whatever it is. You can name all these things. But baby, you've got to know that, that God, God made you. And we went through this verse and I said, even before you were in mama's tummy, God put you together. And he knit you together. And he made you just the way you are. He gave you your little spunky personality. He gave you that good baseball swing that you got. He gave you your power. He gave you your your smartness. That's not even a word. Your intellect, I guess I should say. He got the intellect. I didn't. But But I was trying to tell him, God did not mess up on anything about you. And so we've got to know that. He's got to know that. I want, man, I want my kids to know that. As they grow older, and I know that kids can be harsh and it's not always easy, I want them to know that, that God is the one who made me. God, God knows. God's with me. But not only is God with me, but God is involved. And he's the one that put me together. He's the one that placed all this stuff in my life, in his sovereignty. He is right here with me. Because there are times in life that that is what it takes to get through it. To know that God is the one who is in control. You see, if there's ever a time in your life, and and I'm I'm sure there will be, if there's a time in your life that you're feeling alone, that you're feeling just just by yourself, I want to encourage you, go to Psalm 139. Go to Psalm 139 and just listen to God. Listen to how God is with you, God knows you, God made you, His power, His knowledge. And you say, well, Case, what's the response to that? Well, look at verse 23. Verse 23 He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. The response to a God who loves us so very much is simply this. God, would you search me? God, I want you to look into my heart And I want you to know my thoughts. I I know you've already said that you do this, but I'm opening myself up and I want you to see inside of me. I'm inviting you to come and look at my heart heart and my thoughts and all the ways that are going in my life. And I want you to tell me if there's anything in my life, if there's any grievous way that does not give you honor and glory. The, The picture says, is there any sin in my life? Is there anything that's not glorifying to you in my life because I want this relationship to stay and I don't want because of sin in my life to come in between me and you in this relationship. Isaiah says our iniquities separate us from God. And so he's saying here, I don't want any separation. God, I want to be close to you every day of my life. And that's the response. When we understand how God is, that is how we respond. Let me ask you to, to bow your head, close your eyes. I want to read this psalm over you one more time out of the Message Bible. Message is a, is a, a paraphrase, not a Bible I would stick to for my, my daily reading, but, but I love the way that it, it breaks down some things. This is what it says. God, investigate my life. Get all the facts firsthand. I am an open book to you. Even from a distance, you know what I'm thinking. You know when I leave... And when I get back, I'm never out of your sight. You know everything I'm going to say. Before I start the first sentence, I look behind me and you are there. Then up ahead and you're there too. The reassuring presence coming and going. This is too much. It's too wonderful. I cannot take it all in. Is there any place I can go to avoid your spirit? To be out of your sight? If I climb to the sky you were there. If I go underground, you were there. If I flew on morning's wings to the far western horizon, you'd find me in a minute. You're already there waiting. Then I said to myself, oh, he even sees me in the dark. At night, I'm immersed in the light. It's a fact, darkness is not dark to you. Night and day, darkness and light, they're all the same to you. Oh yes, you shaped me. First inside and then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God, you are breathtaking. Body and soul I am marvelously made. I worship and adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one day. Investigate my life, O oh God. Find out everything about me. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong and then guide me on the road. To eternal life. Lord we thank you. Thank you for your word. Lord we thank you that, that you know you know all about us you know because you care you know about the, the hairs on our head all of our secrets God you know them we thank you that you're with us. We cannot go anywhere to escape you you're with us every step of our life Lord, we thank you that you created us. You molded us into the men and the women that we are here today. And so, Lord, I pray that we will know in this moment that we are fearfully and we are wonderfully made. Lord, so we invite you to search into our hearts, to look at our thoughts, and if there's any way that does not bring you honor and glory, that you will show that to us, that we will get it out of our life, And we will walk in such a way that honors you. So, Lord, we thank you for this psalm. Thank you for the way that you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, y'all, thank you again so much for being here with us. Don't forget the events of the week. It's a regular.